Hello, Hacker Public Radio. This is David, and it's on my birthday today, so I want to talk to you about how I came to find Linux and why I use Linux. Being so it's my birthday, I'd like to tell you about my favorite birthday cake. My mother used to make this for me. It's called an Ambrosia Sunshine Cake. It was in the Pillsbury little book she got for collecting coupons, and this was back in the 60s, and you could always tell that she made this cake a lot because page had a lot of sticky stuff on it, remnants of when it was made. But she made a standard pound cake from scratch. You take from that a small can of concentrated frozen orange juice. When you thaw it out, pour it over the top of the cake and let it absorb. And then she made a cooked frosting for the cake made out of basically egg white, sugar, and vanilla in a double boiler. And you mix that with a egg beater thing or a beater, electric beater, until the thing frothed up and got stiff peaks. Put a little vanilla in it and then make the two-layer cake. And then, of course, a little coconut on top. This was a wonderful cake, and I used to have the recipe book or at least know how to make it. And I think she gave me the recipe book, and it's been lost, and so I haven't had the cake for quite a while. But today I don't want to talk about cakes, even though the cake is truth. Another thing I'll talk about birthday cakes. One shop I worked in, every time it was your birthday, you brought the cake. And I guess that's what I'm doing today with Hacker Public Radio, is I'm bringing the cake for my birthday. Back in 1979 was really when I first used a computer. Why I really liked the computer, which was given to me, was an Atari 160XE. It had the five and a half or so, five and a quarter inch floppy drives, could use a tape drive. It was really very primitive. You could use BASIC to program it. But when I got this computer, what it really did for me was help me to type things. I didn't learn typing very well when I was in school, and I had a real hard time with it. So the first computer I had, had this Atari, had, a one, had an NX1000 printer hooked to it, and I could actually, using formatting commands, format a resume that I could actually was presentable so that I could you know, apply for a job. And I was when I was younger, I applied for jobs. So it was really nice to have this. And I was really proud of the fact. And there actually wasn't much in the way of computers around. People did things with electric typewriters. It's in the days of the Wang Labs, if you remember that. And the word processor typewriter that had an actual LCD screen, the little characters that come up on it, you go back and correct it. I did a horrible job of typing resumes. I typed a resume for a job... Then I went to work for the county. And I was things were slow. I was in the construction field working on building residential houses. So I decided to try to apply for a job the county had for a maintenance supervisor. I had a lot of experience doing different kind of fix-it things and then also was a lead on a construction crew building houses. And so I applied for the job and when I did I went I typed my resume out and I used um, the little white out stuff and you know typed hunt and peck so the, the actual type on the page was light and dark and there was I crossed some things out when they didn't work out because it was so frustrating because just think about it the document had one flaw in it it was ruined where with the when I got the computer I could look and see the flaw and eliminate it so but to finish the story I went to the interview and the personnel director for the whole county was there and he asked me one of the questions was, do you know how to type? And I said, yes, and he just smiled. I still got the job, and we were kind of became friends. In fact, 
Since I had the fix-it knowledge, I went up and roofed his house for him after he had retired from the county, and he trusted me that much with my fix-it ability, so that worked out, but I knew that I couldn't type, and so did he. So having a computer is really a good tool for doing typing. That's my first use for a computer, and probably one of my better uses, or a real primary use for me these days. I can correct things, make a document look nice, even though I really can't type all that well except that I've really improved a lot because I use a computer every day at work now. So my first computer was the Atari 160XE. There wasn't really a lot to that one. I wasn't really all that comfortable with it or programming in BASIC or anything. So then my brother, who had given me that computer, told me about a Mac that he had. And so I got a Mac Classic, and I liked it a lot, but, boy, programs were expensive. If you wanted a page layout program... I didn't know of any free ones, but you could buy PageMaker for $595. The computer only costs $835. Or you can buy Quark Express. Or you could buy a printer cost $2,000 for a 300 DPI laser printer. And I was trying to do typesetting to make a few extra bucks. And because I'm not, and using Adobe Illustrator to draw logos and stuff, which I still like to draw logos in that. I'm really poor with the artistry. And I think Richard Quarren and others can. Um, attest to that. In fact, I'll just point out right here, I have on the drawing boards, and Richard's done some work uh, make, mimicking some logos. I was going to make this cup for HPR, and I still got that on the drawing boards. In fact, I got a prototype made, but this has been over a year ago. And I won't tell you the tales of woe that has made my year. Um, it was it 2013 was a year from hell, but I'm about ready to put that out. So I'm going to get that out to the guys at Lunar Pages. Anyhow, this Mac was very expensive. And lo and behold, what happened? Things needed updated, and I had to spend more money. And it was irritating to me, and then it just wasn't working very well. They moved on to different, more powerful machines than the Mac Classic, even though it was a really good machine. In fact, what I liked about it, it was halfway portable. I bought a big carry bag with it. You could stuff the keyboard in next to it, take it down to the library and plug it in and still use it down there. And I had a hand scanner for it, and a flatbed scanner, CD-ROM drive. All this stuff costs a lot of money, and the software. And so as the Internet came into being a little bit more, and I got dial-up, I bought a Windows computer to get away from the Mac, because I figured there was more free things made for the Windows computer, which was true. And I think I ran Windows 95 on my first computer in the days of Napster. I tried it out a bit, and, you know, it was pretty an interesting time. But... The Windows computer, I stayed with that and later bought a laptop computer. And one of the things that I noticed about it was it had problems. And then Windows came out with this thing called the Genuine Advantage, which was a genuine advantage for them. It told them whether you had ripped off their programs. And I tried a few in Kazaa in that, but, you know, it was ridiculous. that The fact that they controlled your computer, that thing would sit there and spin. I remember I had this laptop, and it was a Fujitsu i something or another laptop that i bought and i actually had uh, microsoft office on it i think a friend gave it to me and this computer would just sit there and spin and spin and i couldn't do anything with it what's going on is it calling home is there a virus on it i didn't know it was hooked up to the internet it's very frustrating well during the time i had this computer i worked on a job where i had a lot of free time i was monitoring equipment and so i learned a little bit about Microsoft Excel, which came in handy a little later for me, and did some internet surfing and stuff, 
and but I was really frustrated with how the computer actually worked and so Mac big bucks I didn't have a lot of big bucks and Windows didn't work very well what's going on there you know why does Microsoft control all this stuff so much and so I am um, was fairly frustrated and I you have to excuse me I have to turn the air on in this car I've got my wife's dog here I'm kind of dog babysitting right now computer I started thinking there's I remember driving one day and thinking there's got to be an alternative that hackers or people or our developers use besides this garbage besides the Mac besides Windows and I can remember my brother telling me that Mac was based on a Unix operating system and somewhere I think on NPR which is you know copy of HPR, right? There was mention of Linux. And so, lo and behold, my wife had to go in for knee surgery, and she was having it at the doctor's office in Beaverton. And I know when I drove by there, I could see there was a Borders Books. And I'm a very busy person, and I didn't really have time to go to the bookstore all that much. And I thought, when she's in there for her surgery and recovery, when I won't be able to just sit around there and do nothing... I think I'll run over and see if I can find something out about Linux. Get a magazine or something. There's got to be a hobby magazine for this. So I went over and I bought the Linux magazine of some sort. It had an Ubuntu disk in it. And as soon as I started looking around on the Internet with using a Windows computer, I found out about um, Linux Reality. And I decided that I wanted to learn a lot more about it. So I listened to every episode of Linux Reality on my commute. And I was really nervous though about putting Linux on my computer. One of the first obstacles I faced was getting an ISO image of Ubuntu. And I had a disk in the book, but for some reason I didn't want to use it, or in the magazine, but I didn't want to use it. So I figured out there was a freeware program of some sort that I could make a ISO or download it and make an ISO image, and I made that. And I had this laptop, and I sorted out somehow how to make a dual boot of with Linux and leave my Windows on because I really wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do. And I got Ubuntu on, I believe it was Ubuntu 8 something, and I was using it, and I still use Windows though, and I needed that security blanket and, and kept it there. Then I found Linux Mint and started using it. Now, believe it or not, I'm not a hacker. I've never written a script, even though I know Shebang Bin Bash and, you know, Make Execute and this type of thing. I know a little bit about this. I've never actually written a script. So I'm more of a basic user, I guess, and I suppose a lot of people are like me. And when my wife worked for Nike and she used, she had a laptop that had Microsoft Windows on it and she had bought in the Office program and OpenOffice was in vogue in Linux then. But as soon as she stopped working for Nike and went into this early retirement phase, if she's still in, and I'm not. The um, um, I took her off and put Linux Mint on her computer and dual booted it. And since then, we've migrated away from Windows entirely. In fact, I don't even use it except at work. I'm really frustrated when I see it. It's kind of a joke, I guess, because I can get a free program that's community developed that has where people are working together to make the program and the Linux. Um, distribution and there's they're scratching their own itch everyone's working together or I can go get a Windows computer where they want to 
basically tap into my jugular, get into my pocketbook all the time, or a Mac where it's really hard for people that don't have a lot of money to use to buy these expensive Macs and that. And guess what? Software. I found out software is available for things that I'm really interested in. Like, well, Internet Exploring software. No problem. Use Firefox or Midori. Um, if you want to do illustration for <clears throat> drawing programs, you can use Inkscape, which is very similar to the Adobe Illustrator program. GIMP for the GNU image manipulation program for doing photo editing instead of thinking you have to use Photoshop. Lots of free tools are out there to do things. So Linux is my everyday use. Do I miss Windows? No. I like the utilitarian part of Linux, the fact that you can have something that's really lightweight, fast, and I like the fact there's a command line where you can do many things in grand fashion using the command line. I'm interested now and kind of listened to one HPR about the awk programming language and these things. I really wanted to get into more advanced things, but I don't think until I actually reach my early retirement that I'll be able to do that. My job seems to take up just a lot of time and keeping up the place and everything. So I'm going to close out now and say that this is my um, birthday special for Hacker Public Radio is how I found Linux and am using Linux in It'd be a nice thing if on your birthday or some other holiday you'd make a HPR. And I'd like to hear about more interesting things than what I've talked about. So thank you very much and God bless. You have been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by a HBR listener like yourself. If you ever considered recording a podcast, then visit our website to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club. HBR is funded by the Binary Revolution at binrev.com. All binrev projects are proudly sponsored by Lunar Pages. From shared hosting to custom private clouds, go to lunarpages.com for all your hosting needs. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike 3.0 license.